African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You're tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa, bringing news from an African perspective. I'm your host, Ayandam Kwanazi, and we're currently on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa. Well, on the program today, we look at the treatment of crime in South Africa. Is celebrity crime prioritized over other citizens? Does the media play a role in placing attention on a particular crime and how does that all affect the way the police do their job but first let's get the news update with Anne Musa In the headlines, almost 100 people perish in the Mozambique and Malawi floods Thousands protest against Algeria demanding immediate political changes and the High Commissioner for Human Rights calls for a Truth and Reconciliation Commission between the Banunu and Batende communities in the DRC. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musa. At least 66 people have been killed and 141,000 affected after heavy rains flooded central and northern Mozambique. The government is appealing for funds to manage the crisis. Mozambique has decreed a red alert due to the continuing rains and the approach of the tropical cyclone Idaya expected to reach the country between Thursday to Friday. The floods have already destroyed thousands of homes. Meanwhile, in Malawi, thousands are currently in relief camps, hundreds have been injured, and 30 people have died following heavy rains and flooding over the weekend. President Peter Mutarika declared a state of disaster late on Friday as a storm caused rivers to break their banks, flooding entire villages, destroying homes and causing power blackouts. Emergency relief services have been put in place and the Malawian army has been helping to recover, to recover people who have have been trapped. Thousands have protested across Algeria demanding immediate political changes a day after ailing President Abdulaziz Bouteflika abandoned his bid for a fifth term in power. Huge crowds gathered in several cities. Bouteflika gave in to weeks of mass demonstrations against his 20-year rule on Monday and promised the transition to a new leadership. But he postponed elections scheduled for April, meaning he will likely remain in power for some time. Veteran Algerian diplomat Lahda Brahimi and protest groups will join a conference planning Algeria's future. The High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michel Bachelet, have called for a Truth and Reconciliation Commission between the Banunu and Batende communities in the DRC to prevent further violence. This after the United Nations said the killing of more than 500 people in the country during infighting between two communities in December last year may amount to crimes against humanity. UN Human Rights investigators say the killing over three days in the western region of Yumbi were 
planned and executed for the support of customary chiefs. United Nations spokesperson Ravina Shamdasani. The violence was facilitated by the absence of state action to prevent the attacks. Provincial authorities appear to have failed in their responsibility to protect the population. In spite of clear signs of rising tensions and an increased risk of violence, no steps were taken to reinforce security ahead of the attacks. And the report importantly warns of the risk of renewed violence. And finally, human rights organization Amnesty International says the European Union is complicit in Croatia's ill-treatment of thousands of asylum seekers and migrants. The BBC's Ian Skipper reports. Amnesty International alleges Croatian border authorities use violence to force migrants into neighboring Bosnia, where they are trapped in improvised camps with poor conditions and inadequate protection. The report describes how some migrants were beaten, had their documents destroyed Attempts to scrutinise these practices have been blocked. Amnesty says that European leaders can no longer wash their hands of responsibility as they continue to fund the Croatian border police. The Croatian authorities have denied the allegations. Recapping the top story is almost 100 people perish in the Mozambique and Malawi floods. Thousands protest across Algeria demanding immediate political changes. And the High Commissioner for Human Rights calls for a Truth and Reconciliation Commission between the Banunu and Batende communities in the DRC. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1,000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Well, thank you to the news team. It's seven minutes after 11 Central African time. This is African Dialogue. Thank you for joining us. Last week, the police in South Africa found themselves dealing with cases involving well-known celebrities. Some have criticized their treatment of these cases, especially because they involve these celebrities. So on the program today, we'll look at the treatment of celebrity cases by the police. Are the police under pressure to be seen to be doing their job due to the high reporting of these cases by the medium. Now, to help us with this discussion, we are now joined on the line by Dr. Chris Tekok, who is an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa. We also have Lisa Vetten, who is a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of the Witwatersrand. Also, we have Selby Klinwa, a researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Good morning to all three of you, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Maybe, uh, Dr. Chris, I can start with you. Are we justified to assume that celebrity cases are taken uh, as priority when they are reported? Hello? Hello, Dr. Chris, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I'm saying, um, 
are we justified to assume that celebrity cases are taken as priority when they are reported? Yeah, well, you see, this is quite difficult. Mm. The moment something happened, if I can use the example, the actor was killed here in Pretoria at, uh, at the old Sterlon complex on last Friday, the Friday before last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, immediately it was on all the social media. It was everywhere. Uh, he, he just completed a, a movie which is now running. And he's quite well known. And he was then killed for his cell phone. He was stabbed with something. Mm. And immediately it was it was on the on the headline. Now uh, then the police made that basically a priority crime. It even became a higher priority when the minister mm. attended the funeral last Saturday. This past uh, Saturday. Mm. Uh, so it seems that is a priority. The minister then also issued uh, something like a 24-hour. They have to arrest the people within 24 hours, although it was a week after his death. Um, and, uh, and then we think the police are giving special attention to it, and I think they are giving special attention to it because there's a lot of pressure on them from the media side, mm-hmm. from everybody, from the, from the community. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I think we, the police should be very careful and everybody should be very careful to say this is a priority. Mm. Because if I can just throw around a few figures, yes, sure. you know, eight people, eight people are killed every day. Eight people are killed every day in these type of, of robberies. Mm. Uh, that is the, the figure. And uh, if we take it, there's about, and if I say this kind of, of, of robberies, we are talking of 45 hijackings per day, 51 house robberies per day, and 214 public street robberies. Now, this guy was killed in a, in a public street robbery, mm. and there's 214 per day. Now, I can assure you, during, the, during that very same evening, during that very same day, mm. Other people would have been killed in Dipsuit, in mm. Kailicha, mm. in um, in Gembiza, all the people that used public transport, mm. and uh, and those crimes we never hear of them. The newspapers never report on them, mm. uh, and that that then becomes a problem. Mm. Now you you mentioned there a little bit that you know sometimes it's the pressure from from the media. Um, Lisa, do you believe that this is this could also be the case? Because um, the police commissioner last week said in an interview that um, in, uh, cases involving celebrities are sometimes um, because the police apply so much resources is because of the media is pressurizing them because of their reporting. Um, do you agree with this? I think there is definitely an element of truth in it. And I think when we say, when we talk about media, we should also factor in social media. Mm. It's not just the traditional media we're talking about here. And so I think because this reflects who has access to those different kinds of media, social and traditional, what we're starting to see here is a kind of inequality of attention emerging. Mm. And it's quite clear that if you cannot get access to the public sphere, if people cannot get outraged about your case, you can pretty much well be forgotten. Mm. 
And um, I mean, what? How should the, the the media be reporting on these cases? Because I mean, that is how the world or the country gets to know mm. about um, cases like Babes Odumo, the Matwete case that um, mm. Dr. Chris alluded to. Should we be more um, also careful in terms of reporting, not to make it seem like it's a priority over the others? I, think, I do think there's a need for the media to look critically at what they're doing, but mm. I think that there's also a need to acknowledge public opinion here. Because, mm. for instance, the day before Babes Aduma was assaulted, the media did report on a case of a woman who had, a middle-aged woman who lived in a shack. Mm. In other words, somebody who's not on social media, somebody who is not politically and socially significant. Mm. They did report on the fact that she had been murdered, that her partner, who had a history of abuse towards her, had been acquitted, and the family was extremely upset and had gone to the National Prosecuting Authority asking for an investigation into where the prosecutor had handled the case. Mm. So the media reported on that. Unfortunately, nobody in the general public seems particularly interested in, interested in that matter. Mm. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it's not just about being a celebrity, but it's also things about your socioeconomic status, um, how old you are. Mm. I think there's sometimes more of a focus on younger people than on um, middle-aged people, which can be, and older people, which can, again, be reflecting questions of access to social media. Mm. So I think there are times when the media does try, but the general public is not identifying the person they're writing about. Mm. Their public sympathy is all being geared towards somebody very much more different who they aspire to being, perhaps. Mm. Mm. Uh, Selby, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you picking up a a trend that's emerging now? And I mean, it's not... um, a rare one, so I shouldn't really say it's emerging because we, we remember very clearly the Senzo Meiwa case. Also, oh. resources were all uh, sent to, to, to that case, but still nobody got arrested. Uh, thanks, thanks, Ayanda, and most certain. Um, I think I would agree with the doctor uh, in saying that, uh, you know, it's, a, it's kind of like a 20, uh, you know, 50 feet situation, but I think the public perception. Mm. Is there to that indicates that points out that points to the fact that uh, celebrities do basically um, somehow get the special attention, you know. Mm. But I think also it's linked to what my colleague was was, was raising now. I think that, for instance, is an issues the issues of access to this social media uh, platform. Mm. You know, uh, people in, for instance, in the village or rural areas, they would want to use the the media for you know, uh, beneficial, you know, issues such as, you know, applying for a job or, you know, doing some, something that perhaps would, would assist because there are very little resources. But here in the urban setting, you know, media is being used also to drive a particular agenda. And therefore, people will use social media as part of, of, of advocating, you know, uh, uh, their grievances. Mm. And fortunately, these are people who in many senses are known. You know, so if a person is known, I mean, the, I mean, the, the case of Banana, for an example, you know, we've got to learn about him and learn that part of, you know, the act and all of that. So there are some of the things that, for instance, once these get to uh, be reported by the police, the police will then have pressure because mm. these are people that are known by the society. These are the people that we get to see them on the media or or, you know, whether they are in the sporting, you know, activities or in the arts. So we get to see them on, on daily basis. And therefore, police get to be pressured. Mm. But like the daughter was saying, you know, there are so many cases mm. Uh, mm. of people who were killed on, the, on, the, on that day when, 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 when 
So, so, but unfortunately, the advent of the media uh, uh, has raised the bar, and therefore the perception in the public eye is that you no, know, those who who have got you know resources uh, uh, mm. access to justice, and that speaks to the very same issues at the core of it are the issues of inequality and 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 and, and access to resources. Mm. Nalisa also mentioned this important point for me that's standing out that public sympathy seems to lean towards a celebrity than the crime itself. Do you think that the police are also then classifying these cases in such a way, um, uh, Selby? I think it's, it's, a, it's a question of pressure, like, 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 like it has been said by my colleagues. Mm. The question of police then get to be pressured to say, I mean, for an example, if the minister and the national commissioner would go to a funeral, of a celebrity mm. and you know make statements to say we are going to arrest these people one one making a statement that within 24 hours this person must be arrested and therefore those that are supposed to be implementing that you know public announcement by the minister will surely be pressured to you know to you know to to be seen to be doing something about it and therefore the pressure that comes from the top uh, because of the of of of, of the of, of the the public of, of of the case or the person the person the statue of the person in, in, in society will therefore you know uh, in advantageously put pressure on the police at, at, at the special level mm. to you know to 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 ensure that at least they 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 are able to capture the the people who have, who might have committed a crime or or, or murder mm. so it's a pressure that comes from from the top. But these are the issues. Unfortunately, what the minister was saying last week about the case in, in point, the, the special case, ah, it's something that is happening on a daily basis. And, mm. and yet, we mean, it, 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 it can't be seen to be making those public statements each and every time when it happens. But unfortunately, when this, it, it's up there in the social media, it's up there, he's forced as well to, to say something. And when he say, if he doesn't say something, the public is, is also going to criticize him. But unfortunately, the lieutenant on the ground are supposed to be implementing that, and therefore the pressure gets, you know, you know, uh, escalated and extended to even those that are supposed who are at the cold face of implementing those decisions. Mm. So unfortunately, that's, that's that's where the that's where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Chris, you know, also we saw that um, there was pressure now mounting. If we just go back to the case of Babes Wadumo and, and, and her boyfriend, that there was pressure mounting for the celebrity to, to hand himself over instead of being arrested. Do you think then there's some responsibility that's being shifted towards um, celebrities actually being accountable as opposed to being looked for and, and arrested wherever they are? Yeah, you see, I, I also think there that, um, look, I, I don't, I don't think it's a big issue if, 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 if it, it, it was out there and itself over. But it, 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 it seems that celebrities are treated differently, mm. differently from, uh, you know, just our ordinary people. And uh, I, I think that's a mistake. I, I really don't think that is how the police should handle this. Um I think they they should use the same methods and the same uh, procedure in, in all cases. Mm-hmm. Can I also say that, um, you see, even if the minister attended the funeral, uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't have attended mm-hmm. the funeral, but at least I think uh, he should have put this in context and say that 
yeah, he was killed in, in, in a street robbery, a public robbery, and then contextualized the whole thing and say, look, but many, many, many other people are killed and we should do our job. Mm. We should try to get rid of crime or to at least reduce crime to some more acceptable level in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look even at the, at the stats, when the stats are released every year, for the last three years at least, there's no mention. There is absolutely no mention in the police statistics. There is no separate category for public street robbery. Mm. And when the minister was asked last year, when, when, the, when the stats was released, not the minister, the national commissioner, sorry, the national commissioner was asked uh, in September last year, what about street public robberies? Why is there no category? He said, no, but the, the public doesn't ask us okay. uh, about street robberies. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, the communities, you see the communities which are affected by this are not basically North America. And mm. you let me tell you the higher socioeconomic layer of mm. our society. But it is especially, uh, public robberies especially occur in our, in our transport nodes, our public transport nodes, in the, in, in the, on the bus, on the taxi, mm. or on the way to the bus and the taxi mm. and the train and people walking in, uh, in squatter areas and so on. So I think I, I can understand the police want to please the public because somebody important was killed, somebody important was injured. Mm. And now they want to um, show that they are doing something about it. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and, and, but then I think they should also contextualize it. And they should assure the public that even if you are just John Bloke, mm. your mm. case will be... Uh, your case will be uh, investigated and they will spend some time on it. Mm, mm. Can I also mention one thing? Yes. Unfortunately, the moment you start to make these things priority, yeah. it seems you are then in deep trouble because uh, like the Magiwa case, uh, I mean, it's now four or five years later mm. and we still don't have a rest. Yes. And yeah. that, that case was put on a high pedestal extremely which I could un- I could also understand but but then then actually it's more negative mm. Well, that's the voice of Dr. Chris Dekok, who's an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa. He's also joined on the line by Lisa Vetten, is a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of Witwatersrand, and Selby Klinwa, a researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. The time now is 11.22. Let's take a short break and we'll come back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Again, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. This 
is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunya Nzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue. Remember that we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You are welcome to interact with us via Twitter at Channel Africa. You can also Facebook us or you can SMS your views to plus two seven seven nine six nine five six seven nine three zero. If you want to email us, please do so at info at channelafrica.org. Now, today we're looking at the treatment of crime in South Africa. Is celebrity crime prioritized over other citizens? And, you know, what role does the media play in placing attention on a particular crime? We're on the line with Dr. Chris Kok, who's an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa. We also have Lisa Vetten who's a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of the Witt Also have Salvi Klinwa, who's a researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Now, if I can pick up this part of the conversation with you, Lisa, what's your view on the classification of cases? I mean, should cases, should each case be dealt with by its own merits or should, you know, sufficient resources be, be sent out on the case whether the merits seem to be weaker or, or, or stronger? You know, I think all cases need to at least get a fair shot at justice. So that is when somebody looks at them, they should at least look at them reasonably and, init- and put in whatever is, um, is is needed, I think, in order to give that case a chance in court. <coughs> you know, I think, when it's, and I want to pick up here with domestic violence, because this is where I think allowing people discretion to decide on merits becomes very, very difficult. It's a long-standing historical problem that when women have gone to police stations to try and lay charges of domestic violence, the police have turned them away. Mm. And this has often been on the grounds of, oh, you're just going to withdraw your charge, so we're wasting our time by even filling out the docket. Go home and sort it out with each other. Mm. And, you know, this can be extremely serious. In 2016, in fact, the police couldn't tell the difference between a woman, between a woman who'd gone in to help. They couldn't tell that she was extremely traumatized. They thought she was drunk. Wow. and they refused to help her. Mm-hmm. That woman had been kidnapped, raped and beaten throughout the night by her estranged partner. She'd managed to escape, but she hadn't been able to take her two-year-old child with her. Mm-hmm. The police would not help her. Many hours later, she got somebody to come and assist her from the police. And by that time, her child had been raped and murdered by um, her former partner. Mm-hmm. So, you see, this is what happens when you give too much discretion. And I do think everybody's case should be accepted. In fact, we have very stringent obligations placed on the police mm. to accept and deal with and respond to all domestic violence matters. Mm. So if I do have a complaint about the media, it's that I think a lot of our focus tends to be on people's stories. And obviously it's important that we tell people's stories. Mm. But at the same time, we need to be explaining to people why these are systemic problems. Mm. What are the policies in place that are not being addressed? Mm. Because it's very rare that you find the media writing about when the police have to report to Parliament every six months on the complaints against them in relation to the Domestic Violence Act. Mm. You hardly ever have that reported on. Whereas I think if people looked at that and got the context, 
as to why the response to babes with humor was so unusual in comparison to what the vast majority of women get in domestic violence. Then they put pressure on the police to respond like that to every woman, mm. not just those whose cases have been um, made high profile and the police now want to be seen to be doing the best possible job. Mm, mm. Um, what's what's your thoughts, uh, Salbi, on 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 this question of classification? I mean, also, does it not um, is it not indicative somehow of how overstretched the police are? My my view is that first and foremost is that we are all equal before the law, and we all all have to be safe in our own spaces mm. equally. And when there's a, a travis of justice. Everybody must be treated equally. So I do not believe that whenever there are cases, cases must be classified according to whose, what status does one occupy in the community or in the society. I think all cases uh, deserve equal treatment. So it's unfortunate. That's why I was saying it's unfortunate that, for instance, uh, in many instances, the urban setting is able to, you know, to, to raise the bar in, 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 through social media, and then, and, and you know, but the point that I, that colleagues have been raising, which I agree with, mm. is that uh, uh, some so once you start prioritizing, sometimes it, it can be uh, can be thrown at your face back. You know, mm-hmm. look at the case of Senza Moyo. Those were put there, and even today we're still mm. finding it difficult to find the perpetrators. And in fact, as you speak. There's an allegation that the first person who was who was who was arrested, you know, uh, alleged uh, wrongly uh, wrongfully arrested, is now about to sue the state. Sure, yeah. You see, so the resources that are supposed to be geared towards getting the perpetrators of these heinous crimes uh, are then diverted to even pay people because they have been wrongly, you know, arrested. So I'm saying, let us give police uh, training. Let us allow police to do their work without fear or favor and without being treasured. Because these are the people that have been trained to, to you know, to to, 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 deal with this, to deal with these issues. Mm. So once you put pressure on them uh, by politicians and, and, you know, it becomes a problem. Mm. So that's, that's, that's my view. Because it, it, the public perception, unfortunately, is there. Mm. It does say that they so-and-so because he's known and therefore his case or her case, her case has been treated quite, quite different. The issue of, of, of domestic violence for, or gender-based violence as well. Mm. You know, last week, we're, throughout the week, for the past two weeks, we've been hearing the issue about Petsotumo uh, uh, and Mapincha, but we do know that women on, it, I mean, it, I mean, uh, almost four out of uh, six women get to be raped by his intimate partner on daily basis. Mm. So those are some of the things that do not necessarily get reported and we are afraid to talk about them. Mm. So we're in crisis as a country with regards to how we, we deal with gender-based violence uh, and, and, and other heinous crimes. But when something that happens to uh, somebody who's... I'm not saying that they should not get... They should, that should not be... The case must not be taken on board. But I'm saying once you start, you know, uh, treating it differently from what ordinary people experience on daily basis, it mm. becomes a problem. Mm. And, and in fact, that also would lead to people losing confidence, even in police reporting the cases whenever they... Because they so they will... I mean, perception will say, ah, I'm not, I'm not I'm unknown, and therefore, why should I go to the police and report these cases? Mm. So it becomes a problem. Rather, 
allow police, because they've been trained to deal with these issues, allow police a space to, to deal with these cases without putting undue pressure on them. Because sometimes when it backfires, it becomes a problem. The case in point that I rather threatened of says Omeya speak. Even there's one there's there's another one again. Mm. This is Senda Nobo who was uh, badly uh, made at and banned in his car, oh, yes. who who was studying in in, in 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 Pretoria and then he was he was driving an Uber. The police was, you know, that it got a hype. Police were saying they they've got leaves and witnesses were there. Even today the family is crying in terms of saying, Where's the progress around that kid? Precisely because once you, we put undue pressure on police, sometimes it becomes negative. Um, doc- yes, Dr. Dukok, how should the police be treating criminal cases as and when they enter the police station? Well, uh, as they enter the police station or the police are called to the crime scene, they will open a docket. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the first thing take statement open a docket and the docket will be registered as a under different crimes depending mm-hmm. on the on the incident uh, it may be a uh, a robbery aggravated plus a murder or attempted murder or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but what i would say is the police must treat all cases equal i think they must pay equal uh, attention to a case uh, look there is some crimes i mean like uh, you know, uh, petty housebreakings uh, where people just pushed open the door. I mean, if you have a mess of cases, unfortunately, we have got very high crime levels in South Africa. Mm. And if you have uh, only a few detectives and uh, you have got this uh, load, uh, lorry load of cases, I, I'm not saying that you should give each and every one the same priority. Murder cases, for example, is very serious. Mm. But then all murder cases. Uh, domestic violence cases are serious, but then all domestic uh, violence cases. Mm. Right. And the same with uh, robbery aggravated, the different kinds of robbery aggravated. Mm. I think the police should be very careful of prioritizing individual cases or even some subcategories of cases. Mm. You know, when you walk into a police station, you will always be there's a special office for the so-called trio crimes. Okay. That is now hijacking, uh, house robbery and business robbery. Mm. Now, I don't think that those crimes are necessarily more important than the poor guy who walked uh, through the, the, the squatter area to his home. I mean, he can also be robbed maybe yes. of only 20 rounds where the business was robbed of 500,000 rand. But mm. the difference, that should not be a priority. The one should not be a priority above the other one. Mm. Uh, I, I think we should distinguish between violent crimes mm. and non-violent crimes. And I think that the, there will always be a higher priority on violent crimes. Mm. Uh, if your docket load is of such an extent that you can't make it to everything. That's the voice of Dr. Chris de Kok, who's an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa, also joined by Lisa Vetten, who's a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of the Witwatersrand, and also joined by Salbi Klinwa, a researcher at the Centre for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Well, let's take our last break so that we can then conclude this discussion and discuss, you know, how do we then change this public sympathy if we can that Lisa was was uh, alluding to and how then should the media also play a role in ensuring that um, 
they make the public aware that all crimes are are important and resources should be fairly spread across. But let's take a last break and we'll be back after this. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa, najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre du Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for joining African Dialogue. This is our last part of this conversation. We're looking at crime and the treatment of crime in South Africa. Is celebrity crime prioritized over other citizens? And we're joined by Dr. Chris de Kork, who's an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa. We also have Lisa Vetten, who's a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of the Witt and Salbik Klenwa, a researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Um, Lisa, so we have established that social media and mainstream media play a vital role, you know, in creating this hype around celebrity cases. What is the role of a journalist or the person who's disseminating that information? Because we also have citizen journalism now. Yes, and I mean, I think one has to acknowledge that the traditional media finds itself in a difficult space. You know, revenue is dropping as social media has encroached onto that territory. And so I think increasingly there is all sorts of pressure to be guided by algorithms and what's popular so that advertising can be sold. Mm. So I think one does have to acknowledge that difficulty and the fact that um, many news sources have had to cut staff as a result. So it means, for example, we don't get the kind of reporting on course that used to happen where many ordinary people are every single day mm. simply because journalists just, uh, newspapers just don't have the resources to send journalists there anymore. Mm. So I think it makes public broadcasters like the SABC even more important because in theory public broadcasters ought not to be driven by commercial interests. Mm. They ought to be getting the funding to be able to 
focus on everybody so that we get equal coverage of everybody, even if it's not popular and it's not going to earn lots of clicks, likes, or whatever it is. Mm. So I think that's that's really important and to protect public public media of any sort. And I think also to look at how, and possibly also not to just accept the way things are going. Mm. I mean, I do think it's important to challenge the way in which we are so unequal in our sympathies towards people. Mm. It's important mm. that we, we, we take that up very strongly. Mm. And I think look at alternative ways of trying to fund the media, but also moving beyond, as I was saying, the individual cases to looking at the systemic and structural problems. Mm. Often that's boring, but that's where the solution, understanding that, and fixing it at source is where the solution lies. Mm-hmm. Um, Selby, well, what's your take uh, on that, especially on that point on public sympathy? I mean, can we try and change how people view these cases when they're reported on? Unfortunately, you generally say well the argument, but the point that, that must be emphasized is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, whenever, whatever they do, whatever, whenever they're reporting these cases, they need to ensure that they report them fairly and give a broad spectrum to each and every corner of the country, whether a person is known or not, or not known or unknown. So that is what that is what they're supposed to do. They need to go and dig uh, uh, stories that can be found in the villages. I mean, there are stories that generally would speak about, you know, kids where children you know, dying mm-hmm. in the trials and all of that. So they need to flag those even when, when, when there's an issue around the question of, of lead. But as a parting point, uh, uh, Diana, is that, one of my one of our concerns is that uh, the long term effect of uh, when police prioritize cases because people are celebrities and all of that mm. is that it breeds what we call mob justice. Mm, mm, mm. You know, people will say we don't have trust in police, we don't have respect. You know, the, the, once there's a deficit of trust between communities and the police. Communities, in many senses, they take door into their own hands. Mm. And mob justice becomes the, the order of the day, and that is a, that is that becomes even more problematic. Mm. You know, if if communities are, are able to take a law, law mm. unto, unto themselves, so those are the consequences of when you start classifying cases and mm. prioritizing them. It, those are some of the negative consequences of, of that of mm. which the police. Uh, 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 minister must, must be able to look into because I mean if you if you if you have to go to I think the doctor there was I mean he, he has done a lot of you know analysis around the space in terms of murder cases if you have to go to deep scoop now you will find that a two within two weeks a spread of two weeks there is more just that happens there mm. it's because because of people have this deep of trust between them themselves and the and the police. Mm. So those are some of the consequences because people are taking serious and what needs to happen is that once you take people serious and then once you, you, you look at their cases as private cases, mm. then the trust gets to be you know enhanced. So that is what we need to fight for as a country. And that's the trust I want to take it to you, Dr. De Kock. What are your parting shots from the conversation, especially the trust part that uh, Selby is alluding to? I mean, how do we then instill confidence to an unknown person who's reporting the same case of assault that their case will be treated as equally? Mm. I think I have a little bit of a different take in the sense that mm. I, I mean, we can look at the media internationally and we will find the same trend. Mm-hmm. The media, and now especially with the strong social media, uh, 
is 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 focusing on celebrity crime. Unfortunately, you know, you might make your newspaper sell. Uh, yeah. People won't buy a newspaper if there's a lot of reporting on unknown people who they don't know. They want to know about the actor and uh, actress and other important people who who were killed or who were injured in in crime. Mm. So, but what I think the media and the journalists should do is they should always contextualize and say that this guy uh, died in this kind of crime, but we must remember that this is happening on a daily basis in South Africa. Mm. On a daily basis, we find uh, domestic violence, we find rape, and that this celebrity was the victim of such a crime, but, but in the total context, there is all these others, and the police must also pay attention to them. And we have to do something about crime. I think Salvi now referred to a very important point, and that is the one of mob justice. Mm. That one, I must say, I'm very worried about. You know, many years ago, uh, well, 18 years, 15 years ago, we found in our story in the police, we found that about 2%, less than 2% of all the murder cases were as a result of mob justice, mm. the and then a few years later, we found that it grew to about 4%. And the latest indications, if I look at the police uh, reports, the last report of last year, now it's up to 10%. And I did some work on Kailicha uh, during the Kailicha Commission. And there in, in Kailicha, for example, and I think Deep Stewart and other similar places will be the same, Yes. I found that up to 30% of all murders in Kailicha mm. is as a result of mob justice. Mm. And that is especially where you have street robbery. People are killed in street robbery, and then the community reacts by mob justice. And that, I think, is a quite a dangerous situation. Indeed. So we must never create, and the minister and the police must never create the idea that some crimes are more important because it's more important people mm. than other crimes that affect the ordinary poor guy. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris Cook, who's an independent crime analyst with Crime Facts South Africa. Also joining him is Lisa Vetten, who's a Mellon doctoral candidate at Witt City Institute with the University of the Witwatersrand. And last but not least, Selby Klinwa, a researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Thank you all so much for your insight and talking to us at African Dialogue. A pleasure. Thank you very much. The time now is 11.45, time for the Econ News with Tracy Boomgaard.